Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. And we're live. Um, but yeah, welcome back. Um, so today we actually wanted to kind of dive a little bit into improv versus planning for your yeah. sessions because there's definitely like a multitude of different styles and we've touched a lot on like the different styles of DMing, different styles of gameplay, different styles of actually playing um and yes a mix of improv and actually like planning sessions um and i've alluded to a lot of like our strix haven session and obviously that's the first one i've ever dm'd yeah um and kind of dove into and i can say that the first time that we uh sat down at that table i was up till like midnight most nights yeah or more you would like message me that you were like playing a ton and you were like written out all yes i wrote a bunch of stuff because i was like i want to make sure my 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 monologue introduction is good i made like props and i was just going ham and i think i i think i printed out like little potion laminates from this cute little etsy shop which we still use but they definitely did not come in handy that first thankfully we were like getting you also never know yeah honestly you never know um but i did a lot of planning and i think in the sessions after um as like i kind of started to find the swing of things played around a little bit with like the format of how our sessions go because it is like kind of a slice of life you're in school situation but i also want you to have like that feeling of the D&D experience and coming together as a party and going mm-hmm. to do things together. So we played it out as like, I started being more of like the planning of the session was just, okay, I know that we're going to hit these points. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to let y'all kind of like free roam around campus. And then you're going to come back together for yep. some kind of like mutually assured Something, goal. Yeah. But you're still like free to make a lot of choices yeah. in that. Go to your classes, go to your clubs. And also, like, you guys are lovely, but, like, there's no way in hell I could ever plan for all the shenanigans that y'all no, end up putting me through. <laughs> so eventually I got to the point where I was like, okay, all of this, like, superfluous planning is mm-hmm. uh, not super necessary when half of it is going to get thrown out yeah. in the middle of the session. Because we'd have a habit of, like, starting to be like, we're going to get some plot stuff. And yeah, we did not get plot We did stuff. not, in fact, get to plot stuff. We just started a host club and yeah. gossip. Which was great. Which is great. But um, if you had prepped all of that and, like, not slept. Ex- exactly. Not super sustainable. Not super sustainable. Um, but it is nice because, like, we play once a month. So I have a lot of, like, bandwidth to plan with plenty of, like, leeway ahead of time. If I do need to, but also at times I can also just step in front of that DM screen, have zero things planned. And I'm like, I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants and see where y'all take it. Um, And I think also that kind of and we've touched on this with a few guests, but um, the point of DMing is not necessarily to railroad them through a story that you've written, Um, because, yes, you can get passionate about like everything, all the work that you've done. And the world, everything could happen. I think it's one of the things that if you have a story that you want to tell, you're better served to like write that as mm-hmm. a novel or like a comic or something where it's like you creating the story. 
Yes. Whereas if it's a collaborative, maybe should be, and all TTRGs should be yeah. collaborative storytelling. And so that requires a good amount of just going off the cuff. Yeah. And seeing what the hell happens. Exactly. And if you're going to get too attached to like the very specific ideas of how you think that story is going to go, I think you're going to find yourself oftentimes like disappointed. Yeah. Or frustrated um, or just not having as yeah. fun as you could be. Because your fun as the DM is just as important as everybody else's at the table but there is an element of like the skill of flexibility improvisation there um and i feel like most of the time now i lean towards the improv style stuff i have the general like big bullet points of where the story's going but it's kind of like i know point a is here i know point z is here and everything else the fuck in between (laughs) it's just gonna be I'm going to try to guide y'all gently as you make your decisions and eventually get us there. But it is okay if we kind of divert off the path a little bit. Like have a short list for how we might approach certain bigger situations. Yes. So you're not fully blindsided, Mm -hmm. but not feeling. And I like to think I know y'all well enough at this point where it's like, yes, you throw me curveballs often. Like, Bex throws me curves ball, curveballs all the time. So does Alyssa. So do you. Yeah, especially uh, with this character. Like we've <laughs> we're settled into our characters enough yeah. that you kind of have a feel. Obviously, I mean, obviously for us as people, but also like what our characters' motivations are mm-hmm. and how they're likely to react. Exactly. To certain things. So there's an element where I can like, I'm like, I think you're going to lean towards this situation. But also sometimes you you throw stuff at me that I'm like, I could not have imagined that you would take this route, but now I also love it. And it's like redirected all of my, all of the planning that I am doing in the back end. I'm like, okay, we got to scrap this because this is more interesting. And I love that part of the collaborative storytelling. Um, But then also like we just had our first arc finale finale for your character. And uh, we tend to play really long sessions and we've realized that this is kind of not normal <laughs> in the D&D community. We're a minimum of like six to eight. Six to eight on a normal session? Like six to like 10 or 12 is our general like span of somewhere in there depending on like all exactly. the life factors. But the one we just played, I think it was 18. Yeah. And we like had so much to get through. Yes, because I was also like, because it is like a school setting, there's elements of like, you guys are kind of speed running through your school year and we're not going to act out every single day of the school year that happens. We're yeah. just kind of, kind of. We'd be there for like four yeah. government years, like fucking going <laughs> for government years for one for one year exactly. um, of in school time. And so I kind of like do a little bit of time lapsey stuff and we yeah. uh, dictate time with the exams. Yeah. And I like that a lot because our party previous to that session, when we sort of did the bigger time skips of like what we kind of do school wise thing of the year and like what we do for the plot before we got to like the big fight at the end. Our party previous to that did not like each other and had not been working very well together. Yeah. And like that was super fun to play with. Mm-hmm. But. We also needed, like, we as players, you're like, these hoes need to fucking get along or we're not going to be able to finish this arc without a TPK. Yeah. So it was like, okay, we've got to figure. So that gave us some leeway to be able to figure out skipping over some of those, like, months of just quiet, passive aggression that you have. Well, that was a big part of why I was planning it the way that I did, because, like, we were having a lot of moments of, like, inner party conflict Mm -hmm. to where... 
might I add, everybody as a player was super consenting oh, on, yeah. super comfortable with. Yep. Half the time, they're like getting into screaming matches in character. And yeah. as soon as that scene is done, they're like wiggling their little fingers yep. at each other, like squeeing over yeah. how dramatic and intense the yep. scene was. No, we all loved it. But logistically. Yeah. As mean. characters and getting y'all to work together. It presented a pretty unique challenge as a DM because I'm like, okay, how am I going to get these bitches to cooperate? um towards a mutual means um and i knew that that session that we were going to go into for that finale one was going to be long because like you said i needed to do some big time skips that would give y'all room to both develop as your characters individually but also develop those connections together um which i think we did really well because we had i'm very we had a lot of tender moments. We had a lot of like really funny moments yep, that chaos. broke that tension, I yeah. think. It was a good mix of like chaotic, funny, and tender and sweet, and like really fucking heartbreaking and sad, which was yeah. the goal. Um, so I think like doing those time skips, and I had to really meticulously, like I told y'all, like, hey, you know, in the first half, it's going to be you deciding how your school year went and there's going to be specific actions you're going to take. Yeah, we probably each had a number of vignettes yeah. for each of our characters. We told you in advance what we were going to do and, like, worked it out with each other because, like, sometimes they would involve other characters doing stuff and all of that. And then we had leading up to sort of the big the quest to get into the dungeon at the end and then the big, you know, yeah. In murder dungeon on the campus. Which I think it's also nice. I think what was really helpful too was that as a DM, um, not all the planning was on me. So like I gave you the structure of like, hey, you're gonna have like three actions of what you do in your school year. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have like three actions of how you investigate this situation that you guys are currently in. Yeah. Um, and also you were gaining a level and you were getting your third level. So that means picking your subclass. So there was gonna be an extra action of you guys. I didn't want it to just be yeah. I didn't want it to just be like, okay, you're level three and you picked your subclass and that's it. Especially for third. Because that's like a big – It's level. a big like, jump. we went from one to two. It was like after we'd taken our first exam. Mm -hmm. And like that was easy enough to be like, all right, like we just kind of – we're a little more proficient than we used to be. Exactly. You've but, yeah, learned new like, skills. We're going to like – for my character, she's a paladin. So like she's taking her oath at that point and like everyone's picking subclasses. And like third is a hefty level plot-wise – Four characters, so it was nice to have those set of yeah. moments, and it like sets the that. tone for your character going in, like going forward, mm -hmm. you know. So I wanted that to be a very like specific moment. So I think it was really helpful for me in that like I gave y'all the structure of the things that we were going to do. You obviously decide what those things are going to be, and we were having dialogue back and forth so that I knew what to prepare for because I had a general idea of like you're like okay, I know I want to have this scene with my patron. I know I want to investigate this and I know I want to do this with my free time. So then I could be like, okay, I know what the structure of the session is going to be like. I know how I'm timing, like when I'm skipping from your, your vignette to Alyssa's and how yeah. the general vibe is going to go. Um, and like what improv scenes you kind of needed to prepare for and like which characters NPCs you kind of needed to have prepare the NPCs that I was going to play and, and because, all like, that stuff. Because like some of them, like all of our guardians, that they were always going to have a big role in that. But it's like when they're going to come in and all that. Like that was important for you to know. Yeah. Um. Just especially for like that. Like there were things each of our characters knew that the others didn't. And like yeah. it was a lot to balance. 
yeah. from the DM perspective. And then I think on top of that, preparing all of that like RP stuff and then that second half of the session was going to be like the dungeon crawl, mm-hmm. which I've talked about this a lot. I'm not a combat girly. Um, never have been as a player. No. um and i struggled a bit with like early on both in that session and a couple one shots that i've run for y'all where i had to like build a combat and structure it out and things like that and so i i had no idea what is balanced and what's too op i didn't want to cause a tpk but i also didn't want it to be too easy um and not feel like challenging enough um and so i remember like for a lot of the initial combats i used like the DD beyond encounter builder um, which is helpful as a tool in the sense of like, I have all my monsters there. I can keep track of some initiative. I don't like that. I can't change like, cause you can do the characters, character A, character B, character C. And I kind of have to take a separate note of like who that person is. And maybe I'm dumb and I don't know how to change it, but I tried to look and I didn't, couldn't change it. Um, so it was helpful for having that and like quick access to stat blocks and yeah. stuff. Um, because I do tend to play with like my computer there at the at the session. Um, so it's nice to have quick and easy access to that. But I often found like that their their tool for it tells you like these are all the monsters you picked, these are all your players and their level and and how hard or difficult that encounter is gonna be for them. Yeah. And I used that to try to create something challenging but mm-hmm. still achievable. And then oftentimes I just found that I was like, this just felt like too easy. It's it softballs a little bit, and like I guess that's probably a good thing over making it going like to so the swinging the other way. Yeah. yeah, but like it's it's tricky to because so much of it comes down to the dice rolls too. Like obviously, if you have more experienced players who like are optimizing their characters and all that jazz, of like that gives you more to play with as a DM, mm-hmm. throw more stuff in. Versus if you have, like, newer people who maybe haven't figured out all of the the ins and outs and the best combinations of things to do. But also, it's like, if the dice roll like shit, then you're not going to... Then even rats will get you at that yeah. point. Yeah, and, like, but if, all, if you don't roll anything below 15, mm-hmm. then you can mow through a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so, so much of it is random, too, that it's it's hard to figure out. Yeah. And I was just having, like, a real struggle with, like, I, I know we have the RP down packed, yeah. right? Like, that is where my strengths lie. That is where y'all's strength lies. But I know that also as players, like, we've gone to other tables and we, like, thoroughly enjoy combat and we like to flex our skills and we like to 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 be tactical in that way. So I was like, I, I know we're more RP heavy, but, like, I want when combat does happen, I want it to feel Yep. like a good combat so i was really struggling with that and then um i knew for your session because it's a dungeon crawl i was like i want to make sure i have good encounters and um i worked really hard to try to like structure it not just like a plain and boring combat but i wanted there to be elements of like different things that could change the situation yeah it all felt very fluid mm-hmm. which like helped kept keep the tension high but it's like how we went down in the first room and they're like the baby corpse flowers and a couple of like students who were working with the dean Lisette that was yeah ended up being responsible for like killing anya and turning her to a reborn and then also like killing her parents and turning them into like a creepy ass homunculus mm-hmm. um but like that was a nice like first little encounter but like if we hadn't sort of gotten that one guy to like 
talk and work with us for a bit and turn off the tanks with the corpse flowers in it, that would have been a much more resource taxing fight if we had had to fight four fucking baby corpse flowers. Yeah. Because we never really did end up fighting any of them. So we didn't know how how they work necessarily yeah, yet. like how how much hp they had and things like that and like we don't have a we're third level like we, we have we're better but we don't have a ton of yeah just we don't have as much spending power yeah <laughs> like yeah spells and things to just be throwing it yeah and it was meant to gone. be like not a full huge dungeon because i knew we were going to be like cut for time but i was yeah. like i was like i'm going to plan three encounters there's like a small one a kind of bigger one yeah and then like there's the like the big ultimate one yeah because it was nice because like jack is a bar uh Alyssa character jack is a barbarian and then it's like we were able to go and just split off and sort of take half of the guards and callisto kind of was a bex's character is able to play like support and then, yeah, it was just, like, after that second encounter, when we were moving around the dungeon, like, into Lissette's office and stuff, and we weren't running into people, that in itself was also unnerving. Mm-hmm. Because, like, one, it makes sense, and this is not, like, a super packed place, because, like, we are underground on campus. Like, this is a, a not widely known thing, but it's a very disturbing thing. There's dismembered bodies everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a reborn resurrection factory idea yeah. like what she was trying to make and if she wasn't able to make the only reborn she was successfully make i believe was onion yeah which she did not do it successfully because she was able to like, get some of her memories back and all that jazz but she was not like an all the way mindless yeah yeah no we did we played around with the, the reborn lore a bit and i really like what we did with that where she Still has, like, she's, like, a quasi. So he has some of the abilities of, like, she doesn't have to sleep as much as a normal person. She doesn't, like, have to eat as much. But if she doesn't, she still pays the price. Because she's not all the way. Soul, 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 reborn. But, yeah. Like, digging through that and and knowing that there was more shit. And for for me, knowing that, like, that was the encounter where we were going to find out what happened to her parents. Mm-hmm. And that they were going to be somewhere in this dungeon because that's where she had initially sort of escaped from. And, like we built up so much of that in like out of session RP and all of that, and we like think Bex rolled that like nat twenty to get the guy that we were kind of taking as hostage. Oh yeah, the, like, the nat twenty intimidation. I was like, well, he's just going to divulge as much as he humanly possibly. Yeah, can. he's going to like unlock a door and let us in. And he's yeah, but there was that moment where he said it's like, oh, the other like couple. That was down here like they're like, they're stitched together mm-hmm. now and i'm like well fuck that's <laughs> bad and that's probably her fucking parents um and you asked for it i did ask for it i did consent to the trauma and it was very 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 good yeah because I, I needed it to be bad because i wanted to have a genuine reaction to it in the moment because i'd spent so much time with that character and like i mm-hmm. wanted i didn't know if i was gonna be able to like crown command or something so i wanted the stakes to be high and it to be painful to go through and painful to watch and I would, like ever it should be uncomfortable right? yeah because it's a horrifying thing and yeah it was it was <laughs> i did do the thing we were going down into that last dungeon and I was concerned as the player, how the fuck 
because by that, by that point we had kind of put together that it was probably mm-hmm. the dean of growth will set yeah who was like through y'all's investigative mm-hmm. part of like the first yeah. half yeah like there was a cipher that i worked out and like my guardian already kind of like didn't trust her and so it was like we were getting enough information where it's like something's fucky with this person and the other dean of uh decay mm-hmm. valentine was kind of used as the red herring because he's his form is very monstrous. He's very creepy looking. Yeah. He's the necromancy he's the, dean. Yeah. It so was like the easy call. Yeah. yeah. Lovely little, lovely. He's the, but the best guy around, but it's very the best guy around. I love him. I love him too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but like Anya spent most of that kind of being horrified of him because mm-hmm. when she escaped, she like saw him in the woods. And so she thought it was, he had something to do with it. Right. Uh, when really he was just like out getting a bit nice snack on the campus and like trying to find a nice deer. Yeah. He was minding his business. He was just minding his business. Um, the more you know. But anyway, wrong place, wrong time. Like, thankfully, we had filled in our fucking guardians that like what we were doing, they were aware we were going. And like there was an elevator in Lissette's office down to like the murder dungeon. And so like we had, I think I had Anya send a text to Ambrose, who was another dean of like, the dean of shadow dean of shadow at silverquill and then once we actually confirmed that this was to do with lisette like bex reached out to pietra her aunt and told her like okay weird this is a bullshit and so like all right yeah. we're on our way so i think they were coming in the way anya probably went out like months ago when she or almost a year ago when she had escaped so they had a lot of fighting to get through. Mm-hmm. So they kind of didn't bust in until the set had like had her evil wahaha monologue. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, there ain't no, there's no way we are going to be able to fight a dean and not die. Yeah, uh, I was like, that is simply not going to be possible. Much less what not at level three had occurred with like Anya's parents and all of that. And so like Valentine was sort of struck being like fed on by the corpse flowers when we went in which like i guess lisette didn't know what he was no because i was like y'all had privileged access to information through your guardians yeah that like otherwise wouldn't be had uh yeah. just by the n- regular schmegular people on Fair. campus yeah and so like they were using the corpse flowers to like dispose of all the bodies from the failed experiments Mm -hmm. um and the failed like resurrection attempts so i guess she was effectively thinking like oh well i'll just also dispose of valentine but it would have been fucky because like he would have died but then if someone hits him or kills him if he dies he he dies or not but he will absorb whoever has or whatever has hit him Mm -hmm. so if he had absorbed a giant fucking corpse flower that had killed God only knows how many things. Like, yeah, that would have been a, a mess. And, like, um, from the perspective of, of, like, me having been planning that session, um, because obviously, like, I, I, I had to plan for a, a bunch of different scenarios because I had to account for whether or not you guys would actually bring your guardians or inform them. I know you were yeah. working with them, but, like, um, I'm like, there's a chance that they just – Go off into the dungeon half-cocked. Yeah, both our guardians and us have not historically had the best communication skills. And, like, we've tried to learn from mistakes. Yeah. Did, but, like, for you as, like, running it, 
there was no way to know if like somebody yeah. got desperate or freaked out. I was like, fuck it. Let's exactly. Because I think it, especially in that situation initially, you guys were not intending on taking the elevator down. You just knew there was a secret doorway in her office and you wanted to know what was on the other side. Yeah. Well, we didn't, we didn't know yeah. what was behind. Like Bex's character, Callista, had seen that there was like a rug that was ruffled. So it, was, like, it looked like something. The bookcase was a secret door. Yeah. That opened, but we didn't know what was exactly. behind it. So there was elements for me that I was like, they're kind of on the fence of whether they're going to go down or not. So I'm like, if they leave, they might have limited access to getting back in because of obviously right. having broken into her office. But then also there would have been consequences to Lizette she taking known. action. Um, and y'all would have had to find other ways to get in, which there were other ways to get in. Um, it would have been more heavily guarded. Probably. probably the, the best way for us to go in. because mm -hmm. But also the hardest one to achieve. Yeah, because we had to go get, like, Callista called in, had her aunt call in a favor to get some, like, crazy some ass, like, arcane lockpick thing yeah. that could, like, do it and then deconstruct, like, dropped and not set off any of yeah. the boards and all that. So, yay for Nepo babies and mm -hmm. having rich families. Yeah. Um, and I know that, like, for example, for that fi that final combat, because like you said, Lisette is overpowered. Yeah, what um, level is Lisette? Is she like all all the deans are fifteen? Fifteen. Okay. Yeah, all the deans and like like Anya's parents and like Pietra and are probably like eighteen to twenty. Yeah, deans. Like, they're still actively like adventuring and out mm -hmm. doing fucky shit, and like her dad's or was in his lab, you know, making war crimes. Yeah. So you know, they're deans are fifteen. Um, guild masters range between 15 to 20. Um, and then everybody else societally is like dispersed Some. depending on your on your your it's position or station. Three. Yeah. So, so it doesn't matter. There was an element of like, you know, if you guys bring your bring your uh or like notify your guardians, I was always planning on not having them show up immediately because of then the other combats would be trivial. Uh, because they're overpowered. So I wanted y'all to have that, like, and I interaction. That too. I was like, I, I was like, we need to tell our guardians because I think if we don't, we're going to fucking die. But also, and I kind of trusted that you would not also not want to do this. It's like, I wanted us to sort of work through the dungeon and figure things out and have that creeping fear and tension mm -hmm. mount as we went. Because uh, we had found out that there was, like, one room that the guy told us that, like, they were effectively, like, torturing Valentine or just trying to feed him with the corpse flower or whatever. And then there was the other room, which was like the resurrection room, mm. which was the map you found that was awesome and horrifying. And there's just like pits of bodies. Yeah. Like blood drop. And so probably good for everyone's sanity that we didn't go into that room. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely combats we didn't encounter. Uh, one, like because of time. It's four in the morning. <laughs> Uh, but then also just in general, and, and again, it's part of that, like, I planned for a lot. I, I was thankful in that case that I overplanned, and then I can make judgment calls as we're going because there were factors of, like, me watching y'all's energy levels, uh, pacing, um, and then also the wanting to keep – exactly.
And so I knew that there was instances of like, I think this is a good cadence and just making judgment calls to either pull encounters. So there there were supposed to be other like smaller encounters in different rooms that y'all mm-hmm. got into. But again, I was just like, you know, it's getting late and I want us to make sure we get to like yeah. the big stuff. So I was yeah. just like, yeah, no, it, I mean, this is a restricted section of the laboratory. So there's not many people over here. Right. Like, we're in a restricted section of a highly secretive. Exactly. So it made sense thematically. Um, and then y'all didn't expect Lisette to be there because you thought she was distracted. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we definitely thought of, like, okay, because Lisette was supposed to be teaching at class. Yeah. Then, which, like, what fucking, who in the registrar's office had her and, and never figured out that she wasn't in room 105 or whatever the fuck? Um, that's a question. Or somebody let her know. Or that, maybe. Yeah, because it could be, oh, you know what? You know, you asked me if Anya's going to have any questions during the interrogation, then. Because her Anya's a paladin to a death god, and she's a vengeance paladin to a death mm-hmm. god. And so, <laughs> Bex is We're trying not to look at Bex because she's helping, helping us. film, and so she's behind the camera like this, and it's killing me. But yeah, so Anya's God is basically on a fucking war path because he's yeah. whole. We homebrewed him, but he's a very preserving the sanctity of life and death, and like consensual on death is one thing. But you know, murdering people and turning them into reborns for your own fucking amusement and your inability to let go of people, including Lissette's partner, was McCall's old champion. Yeah. And he's like, hey, what you're not going to fucking do is just desecrate my, my champion champion yep. into a reborn and hold his soul hostage. So, Well, she wasn't trying to turn him to a reborn. She, she was, was trying, trying to She back. was trying to bring him back because there is a like true resurrection. That's true. Um, I think is one of the most powerful resurrection spells that you yeah, can do. Yeah, like a night club. However, there is conditions to it of like the soul has to be willing, but or it can't be being held by something else in the afterlife, yeah. which his soul and did McCall's not belong. Like, no. Yeah, it was it was McCall's. McCall's like fuck off for real property, but not in a not in a bad way of like it's like you're you're my champion, and when you pass, I will preserve your afterlife. And yeah. like McCall's a the god of the dead and the god of death. Yeah, and so he is responsible for. After you leave the mortal coil, like, you go, you belong in his domain. Exactly. That is, like, he is the only death god in the world, like, that. Yeah. You are And Lissette was just, I mean, Lissette is one of these, like, most powerful healing people Mm -hmm. in the canon. Right. And I think the ego of that and being so frustrated that, like, she is the only person that could. And the thing keeping her from taking, like, bringing him back is his god. And it's that. And also. Like Lord hit her champion, his, his will. Yeah, okay, and like, like I was like, I'd really rather not. Yeah, he's like, please. It's know, everything he stood for, and, and then it's me fondly, and like, and she's like, no. And she's like, no, I'm gonna keep you in a giant test tube. Yeah, until I can figure out how to like surpass this. Um, so that'll be a fun little awkward conversation they get to have in the afterlife when her ass shows up at the crossroads and like, what's oh, I listen. I think McCall's got his own plans, but I don't hear a cut <laughs> of what happens when the set gets to the crossroads. I'll figure. I'll figure that out. I'll I'll take a note of that somewhere. I just need that for me, mm-hmm. for Anya, and for me, Brian. Yeah. Oh, um, but yeah. Okay. Very off track, but circling back, so I haven't fucking forgotten that. Of we went by the sort of front desk, like, like guard. There's a receptionist, basically, that like is receiving people that are going back toward. It's just Lisette's office, right? Yeah. Valentine's office is not. 
down. No, he is in a whole separate section yeah. of Witherbloom. Yeah, so it's just Lissette's office, and it's like in a tower. Her office is at the top of a tower, and the murder dungeon was underground at the bottom. So, yeah, McCall might have to have Anya kill that receptionist. Because it will be a thing of, like, anyone that was involved in this at any degree must go. Mm -hmm. And he's like, come to my office right now, and my office is beyond the mortal coil, and that's a you problem. (laughs) Um, Like... So I love I love the imagery of McCall being like a principal. <laughs> You're getting called to his office. Yeah. In the same way that people like kind of talk about like Hades sometimes, it's like Hades is just the god of the dead. So it's like he's doing like the paperwork. Mm-hmm. Like there is half of McCall's duties that are like him being it's the boring this, administrative like, stuff. Avenger and this warrior, and he has his own very complicated emotional stuff. And like McCall's my baby, I love him. I'm working on a novel and stuff that worked on like how he got where he is because it's so fascinating, like what we've kind of mm-hmm. hooked up together. But yeah, then there's the other side where you're just like administrating and regulating and like finding he's pushing up his big brim glasses and he's like calling names to his office yeah like all the fucking shades and all the spirits of shit that and like that is some paperwork that Mm -hmm. he's like fucker i did see this before i became a god and they should put that in the pamphlet they should put that on the job description yeah before yeah you know you go before you go killing the previous staff god yeah it's just, co- it's just common decency, some due diligence. They don't. You need to give the full <laughs> scope of, like, your day-to-day uh-huh. so people know. Uh, but it is that thing of, he's like, God damn it, Dave. Um, and there's, like, there's a wrath of it, but there's also because he's ancient, because he's seen yeah. so much fucked up shit. There's also that, like, desensitization and desensitization from your own experience where he's just like, can we fucking not? He's like, I don't ask for a lot. I'm just generally... <laughs> Don't interrupt the flow of life. And when death. people die, just leave them. Just let them go. <laughs> if they don't, like, just he would cast a, you cast a resurrection spell. If they want to come if back. If they want to come back. They'll come back. If they don't want to fucking see you again, don't don't act like a creepy ex. Don't act like joking you. The crazy ex. And try and put them in a fucking, like, don't put them in a test tube. Don't kidnap a child and kill her and resurrect her. Don't do that. <laughs> like... He's like, I don't ask for much. So it's just him being bare this, minimum, like, bedraggled, like father principal figure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love, I love that. I love that That's canon. Hilarious to mm-hmm. me. Um, I need one needs to sketch that. But <laughs> anyway, wildly off topic. Yeah, I doesn't have to figure out because um, she is also going to want to know who all was read into this, and then she's going to have a duty because she is now McCall's champion to clean have a role in the cleanup Mm -hmm. of whoever was involved and was not had knowledge of it no longer you got me about Mm -hmm. the great city of Trudin. And I really hope Lissette's TA didn't know about it because he's a very cute centaur. I'll give that to you. He was not involved. Thank God. (laughs) Because he is a precious being. Because we had a fun, a full fun, like save a horse, ride a centaur Mm -hmm. moment. And I was like, I don't, want that to be messed up and like him and jack had a cute moment and i was like i, I would super hate no to have to murk him um so yeah i'm glad i would hate to have to murder this man <laughs> no yeah it was a it was a time 
planning. Yeah, that's my headcanon. The fucking receptionist. The people that are, are like, involved in, like, all of that stuff. And also, like, yeah, the, the inner workings of, like, her office. How much of that is she aware of when it's happening and, and all that stuff? Yeah. Because, like. A weird. Oh, somebody slid a paper through the door. That was horrible. <laughs> I, I startled easily. I also was like, am I going to get up and fling these it, stones? It sounded like somebody was opening the door. And I'm like, I know I locked that. It's on cam too. see it for well, we all experienced it together, and there's yeah. something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why I'm sticking out of the It's a goddamn Chinese takeout menu. The goddamn Chinese takeout. Yeah. Why is it? He's like, do you have time to hear about our Lord and Savior? But you should see the, <laughs> yeah, the crab rangoons of all the other fucking business cards that I just haven't picked up for whatever reason. I don't know. I've your graveyard, you mean? A foot of your door? Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is that not a sign for you that I'm not accepting, like, bulletins? Yeah. From fucking, do you not want to hear about your Lord and Savior Kung Pao chicken? Like, no, <laughs> please. Do not. Put that shit on the adventure board. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Anyway, where the I going with that? Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like winding it way back to the combat. Our guardians kind of came in at a great time because they threw up like one threw up a force wall. And so they're like, we'll we'll handle Lisette because we are at least her level or higher. Yeah. And so and it was three on three on one. And so like you the party work on freeing Valentine and all that. So like which like sometimes as a DM, when you're, like, thinking up a scenario, you're like, God, I hope there's a spell that fucking helps me achieve this. And, like, I remember just just Googling frantically. And Force Wall is one of those things that, like, things cannot go back and forth, including spells. Um, and literally the only thing that can uh, make it go away, like, even if dispel magic doesn't work, it would have to be disintegrate. Um, so, like, like Lisette would have had to have that prepped or something. So, it's, like, it's a good... You don't have spell disintegrate is a ninth level spell isn't it i think so i think so too and you don't have ninth level spells at level 15 well then yeah there you go i'm pretty sure you don't that i wasn't really thinking about but i was like in case she does she didn't have that shit prepped that day yeah because i was like a little bit worried if i'm like i super hope that our guardians don't fucking get killed um but like i should have more faith in them because they're like we're we we've been out in these streets it's three of them, and then also, like, they... There's two casters. Yeah. Jack is, Two like, casters and a barbarian. A giant fucking dragonborn barbarian that just came in with, like, a war hammer and a dream of he's like, I've been called in the ball. And I'm gone, bro. Like, like, I've been... I work in the government. I don't get to do this shit as much anymore. Like, let me take my goddamn suit off, and I will be right there. Yeah. That was nice, because it kind of separated the immediate concern of, like, okay, we don't have to worry about just, like, a fucking dean one shotting us of like a godforsaken fireball or something but then like we had to free valentine before he turned into like a monstrous form and then you also had that timer running between when like the forbidden like mom dad homunculus would get there would join the chat yeah and like we didn't know that that's what it was eventually and so like i think i had a moment where i forgot that the guys were like oh they're stitched together because I was trying to, like, emotionally prepare for what that might be. Yeah. Like, okay, like, I know 
honest parents have probably been turned into reborns or turned into something, right? They're no longer themselves. They're not going to know her or they may, there may be a moment of recognition, but like, she's going to have to kill them. And so I thought of like, oh, there's going to be like a horde of reborns that we have to account for, like a very like, you know, 28 days later as it's mm-hmm. like the fast zombies. I think so. I have horrifying nightmare nightmares, so I can't watch a lot of zombie movies because my brain's like, hey, would you like to dream about being ripped apart? Because you're going to. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I really would. Thank you. Um, so that's kind of what I was accounting for. Mm-hmm. So when like I were very I was the only one that rolled well from perception. To notice that and, there was like someone something coming. Yeah, that there was like noises and weird, you know, groans and scratches and shit down in the hall. So, like, ah, fuck, we are, like, Valentine was not free, and, like, Callista was trying to turn off, like, there was, like, eight corpse flower tanks, I think, and, like, also if those fuckers come out, that's gonna be a problem, because, again, we circumvented it before, but that was only three, and now there's eight, along with, like, the big mama that's, like, yeah. on the uh, wrong the side. The big bitch on the other side, yeah. yeah. So, we were, I had Jack go to the door and to hopefully try to, like, shut the door. So we get like at least maybe like a round or two of like because everything was like heavy metal doors. Mm-hmm. So it's like we get something, and maybe we get Valentine free, and then he can fight with us, and like that'll that'll be great. Because Valentine, like you told me, a host like has a thing where he can't harm students. Yeah, like that's part of how he was allowed to allowed. be on campus. So like a and... and it was like a blend of a bunch of different mm-hmm. horrifying cryptids and mythological creatures that he's Essenti- absorbed. Yeah, over. essentially everything that has ever killed him, he's absorbed, and yeah. his level of humanity, humanity, um, is dependent on basically the last things he's he's absorbed. So, mm-hmm. the more monstrous the last thing he killed is, he reverts to like a more primal, monstrous yeah. form, and he would have to kill a lot of humans to make up for that, like monstrosity like the balance within um so the last thing he absorbed had been a giant big mama corpse flower that had been it could like, take a death, minute for that man to come back and like fucking townspeople or whoever Lisette was like that's another thing where the fuck was she getting these people to don't worry to about it they're reborn so i'm not interrogation so i'm gonna fuck it <laughs> it's gonna be i'm gonna make it my business mm-hmm. um but like that yeah he, it would have taken it would have been very hard if not impossible to like revert him to a form where he could like exist peacefully and have some amount of like consciousness and control over himself and not just be bestial yeah so like there was a that that tiny moment of like there were a few tendrils left that i needed to get off of him and then jack had one of those like chain tattoos mm-hmm. so like he got to the door as the homunculus like the hands wrapped around and it pulled itself into the frame and it did slam attacks yeah because it was just like this big horrifying mm-hmm. i should i should post that on our fucking instagram so everyone else can see what you did to me <laughs> put me on blast <laughs> i sent into it and it was I am more proud of that combat and that session and this arc of the character than anything else I've ever I'll have done. to look up who the original artist was because I do definitely want to make yeah, sure we credit them. Yeah, find it, yeah. Um, credit them, and also ask them if they're doing okay. Because <laughs> fucking hell. That was... It's a, it is a horrifying image. It gets worse the longer you look Yeah. Up. But, like, I I was the scouring the internet so for that. Long. The Why arms are, are very arms long. That, they don't need to be that long. Two people's worth of arms. I hate that. <laughs> I hate them. 
It's just like a dangling corpse with like this big ass. It's it's awful. I'll share. It. We'll find we'll find it and we'll fucking share it so everyone else can experience this mm-hmm. as well. Um, for generosity, but like charity. That thing came in the door, and then I had a point where I rolled. I rolled a two to try. I rolled like two twos to try to free Valentine or whatever. So I I wasn't able to cut through the last of his bonds. Like, and then as the it was lifting itself yeah, for it a like slam attack. Lifting itself to slam down to Jack, and it saw me, and like whatever was left of my parents' psyche recognized that it was their daughter and like moaned out her childhood nickname. And then so Anya heard that. She's like, God damn it, don't turn. Because I think the whole time she knew something. On top of hearing her. Jack scream in that exact moment. So yeah. like I think it, of the moment of like it's one of those like innate reactions that you can't really help. If you hear a loud noise or you see movement, yeah. you're gonna like look turn right and so she looked and she saw like the stitched together elements of her parents today it was like one of each of their eyes and like her mother's nose her his mouth, mouth yeah and like just this like part of her mother's hair and just like, it was very uh full metal very <laughs> very so and yeah she breaks and just like because I, I also rolled a two on the wisdom save yeah three twos in a row which is by god when dice tell a story but it made sense. It wasn't. Yeah. She wasn't going to see that and just be like, "All right, time to carry on." Like I think even if I had passed that wisdom save, I would have elected to fail mm-hmm. just because. So then, like, Valentine Bex's character Callisto was able to free Valentine, and there was a very sweet, sad moment where, like, on um, his God Bacol kind of used Valentine's form to project himself onto, so he could be corporeal and like see Anya because mm-hmm. he was more so he's kind of head candidate where especially when he's a little formless sometimes mm-hmm. well and especially because like he's not physically there it's not like a god has possessed Anya but when you're like enacting like acts of vengeance or whatever like trying to restore that order in his name he's like I'm gonna watch that shit he's like so, a guiding hand yeah he's a guiding hand and he'll come down and sort of look through and just monitor the situation through his champion it's like sight and everything just so he can be aware of what's mm-hmm. happening so there was that moment where yeah he became a bit more corporeal and like picked Anya up and put her helm down and handed her her sword and then he kind of faded back into her mind almost and it was Valentine that helped her up and that shit made me cry and then that was an off the cuff decision, it was which so I was very good. proud of. It was so funny. <laughs> and it was just like this very great moment where it's this character that like Anya's been horrified of and suspicious of and angry at the whole time. And it's realizing that she was wrong the whole time. And he's he has been innocent and is innocent. And is also arguably the only person that understands truly where she comes from. Literally, yeah, because a big part of Anya's, she was getting slightly better and it's going to get worse now, but like she was a half elf before and she is no longer. And so she feels like she's a monstrosity and an abomination and she shouldn't exist. And that the set should have finished the job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like why did, why are her, why are her parents dead and she's still alive? And it's like, well, it's because McCall chose to keep her soul sort of yeah. packed and, retain and, al- and release it and allow it to come back because he wanted to preserve his old line, champion mm-hmm, to preserve his old champ time away to free his old champion and then make her his new one but like 
she doesn't have the full grasp of that mm-hmm. yet. And there's just still a lot of trauma with that initially on top of everything else that happened in the last session. But yeah, of like, because I wanted to, I was like, this is going to be fucking awful if I have to make my character hack and slash their way through her fucking parents, what remains of her parents' corpses with, you know, like not, you know, we're third level. Which, yeah. You don't have a fucking vorpal sword. Like it, you know, <laughs> it's like a plus, got a plus one long sword out here. It's like, it's going to take a minute. So, but Valentine was able to like get them mostly dead and then on adult the final blow. She's like, it kind of has to be me. Once yeah. it's like Paladin of Death God, also like she can't it's have her peace parents, yeah. with it unless she knows that it's done. Um, but yeah, that was a very like, um, like, horrifying and sweet but also there's objectively kind of funny moment because after they kind of figured that out and it's like i can i can make it quick and i can get them close and you can finish them off and i was like okay take me with you and she's like all right he turns it was funny moment where he's like i'm gonna look unpleasant she's like i need you i, I need you to you take a scan over to the to doorway the fucking horrifying <laughs> monstrosity that was once my the forms of my parents nothing you if it's not that if it's not my parents' hodgepodge together face that you turn into, you're good, chief. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what you turn like, into. Like, you are literally, you couldn't, it could not be worse. That is the worst thing that I could see I've already seen. Um, which, like, his form is so fucking awesome. It's like a wolf and, like, a spider and... It's also just a conglomeration just a of limbs. Of, like, limbs and, like, eyes and eligible. It's so fucking cool. It's such a good mini. And... And he's also huge. He's like eight feet tall and he's in his like humanoid form. But he's yeah. like enormous. Huge. Yeah. Um, it, there was that moment where <laughs> fucking Valentine turned around and went to like Jack, who was still like at the door and caught like in melee with the homunculus. And then Callista, who was tink- finished, had just finished up tinkering with like the tanks to sort mm-hmm. of turn them all off. He's like, everybody get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm a coming. Oh, and you've let them basically have a free action to like disengage and get and out. get out. Because yeah. like this el- this elder tour like yelling for you to fucking move and no one touch me or hit me. Oh, uh, was like yeah, no fair. Like we can do that. I will ask no questions and do as I'm told. Thank like, you. I, I can mm-hmm. follow instructions. <laughs> not the moment to be a brat. Not today. Not today. Not right now. Um. And yeah, so there's that point where he kind of like wrapped his little like spider limbs, back leg limbs, weird thing. That's another thing we need to post a picture of so people can see. The mini. I think it's technically a critical role mini. Is it really? Yeah. Dope. I saw it at the store and I was like, You're like, I need this. (laughs) You also have like that squishable plushie of like the forest demon. And that was like the emotional support. Emotional support, Valentine. That we could just like pass and hug. Because we're like, ah. yeah, um, yeah, and so yeah, he just like bounds across it, kind of rips through the homunculus, and then there's that very sweet moment you had art for and didn't think you were going to get to use because they had had such an anim- 
Animo- you know, animosity towards each other. animosity and such like an antagonistic dynamic toward each other, which like Anya apologized for that. She's like, you know, I'm sorry I blamed you. And I thought he's like, no, there's no way you could have known. Yeah. Because like she didn't know what he was until recently. She didn't know that anything was sketchy. Was also, that said. man spent his whole life with people treating him like a monster just off sight alone. So like, right. he can't blame you. No. And it's like, yeah, Anya was suspicious and angry and all that. But like she just sort of avoided him, mm-hmm. right? So it was the thing of at least she didn't, like, treat him. Like shit, yeah. Like, or try to hunt him down or something crazy. It was just she was afraid of him, mm-hmm. which was fair, given, like, the access she had to her memories of the time and that she just wasn't able to see things clearly and didn't have all the information to process. But there was, like, this moment where I had her just kind of after her pay- after she had sort of drove her sword through the heart of the homunculus and her parents' souls were released effectively of like she just broke because that was the thing of like since she'd been resurrected her only real goal was like figuring out she was figuring out who her what happened to her parents and sort of like trying to reclaim that and trying to help them and all that and so all of those strings like coming were, together yeah that were like binding her and tethering her to the world and her sense of self and everything were cut in that moment and she just like collapses back into the chest what might be a chest Um, chest but it's kind of like an exposed rib cage but you fit in it she fit but you you fit snuggly in there (laughs) she's like she's really petite she's like you know five four or something um yeah just like fell back into this monster that she'd mm. been afraid of since her like first day at Strixhaven. and that was such a wonderful beautiful poetic moment of like a full circle thing mm-hmm. and also just like you brought it up last night but i love how um Anya as a character just has like the ultimate scary dog privilege of like she's just collecting the scariest people the scariest motherfuckers of like Reyna and now like Valentine, who like I'm so excited to role play them now because she's lost. Like she still has Ambrose and his husband Fallen. Like they're her, who are her guardians, and like Reyna will still be in her life someday. Reyna was in the Feywild and the Reyna fucking quarter, right? Yeah. She's busy. Um, but like she's lost her parents, which were her big grounding points and so there's the thing where i think she will sort of just go to valentine and be like can we be friends <laughs> and also because yeah like he does understand that of like everything that you touch leads to death mm-hmm. and suffering and you feel like a monster and you feel like all you are is like a portent of doom um and he's like really the only one that can understand that yeah um so i'm very excited for like cute interactions with valentine and he has a skeleton cat that just has like leaves it's bone bone cat bone and leaf cat. bone cat leaf body yeah and the little bush it cat it's with just like a mineral water so it just like lays has like lizard time in the in like a pot of like nice enriched mineral water mm-hmm. uh, and it's precious um so it's just like emotional support bone leaf cat and yeah (laughs) it was really it was really important to me especially with like how much work we've done on your character and your backstory and everything that has like led up to this moment for that to feel the way that it did and like yeah like we mentioned before where that combat i had like structured it so that yeah there was like different elements so like for example if y'all hadn't brought your guardians and you and hadn't told them um i was gonna have it be like y'all were walking in 
as Valentine was killed and then turned into a monster. And then he would be the one kind of taking the brunt of like Lisette's attention. Yeah. Um, while there was like, you know, whatever lab assistance or corpse flower baby yeah, things. Yeah, there would have been like more lack. Yeah, to kind of take care of. Yeah, like Valentine. It would have taken all of Lisette's focus to yeah. contain Valentine and try to not die for yeah. as long as she could have, but he would have eventually. Yeah, Va- Valentine was my fail-safe, whether yeah. it was good or bad. Yeah. Valentine is ancient and yeah. could have killed this level 15 Dean. Like, yeah. that's not a problem for him. Um, and then, of course, like, if if y'all did notify your 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 guardians, that's kind of the, the situation that came out of, like, yeah, they would go take care of yeah. her while you had the chance to possibly save Valentine and that like and keep had a time element to it. So you're trying to take care of that. Um, and because of like the, the map was so wide, it like took turns to get there. There is like, can't like things on the outskirts that would be quicker than just chopping away at the vines, but it yeah. takes time to get there. And also you have to do a check to do them. So I loved how y'all were like dividing and conquering like Callista because she was the one that, initially in the prior room had figured out like how to shut them off was doing the investigation checks at advantage um which originally i think was going to be at like disadvantage yeah because we wouldn't have known otherwise yeah how to, and no one other than Callista really knew knew how to do that so yeah it's like we like i debated having anya go help but i'm like she can't yeah she's better served to try to heal valentine and combines yeah. yeah and like i loved how that kind of played out and also just things that like I liked how even though I planned a lot of that, there was also so much that organically happened because of your choices as characters. Um, Like even that prior room with the baby corpse flowers and stuff. um, You know, I love that y'all engaged in combat, but then ended it through like a role play uh, outcome. And then I had not thought about the fact that like of Callista asking him to uh retreat the corpse flowers and then destroy them in their tanks and how that like very neatly tied into the later part of the dungeon um so like that wasn't something i planned for but i love that it happened that way because then it felt very connected um and like the the element of yeah like the the my plan with the corpse flower or the homunculus thing entering was so that because the map is so wide and its movement is rather slow um it would divert y'all's attention and be like okay now we gotta handle that over there but also handle this and it's like what's gonna take priority are you gonna let valentine die in order to deal with that or are you gonna risk your party members to try to free valentine um also the thing of her on yeah and it was like when the corpse like came in at really the best possible time because I had like stacked, you know, like divine smite and wrathful smite and like my best attacks. And I was like, I'm gonna do stupid damage. And okay, they're like two fucking corpse flower tentacles, tendrils thing. It was like right at the end. Yeah. yeah and there was like one more machine to turn off. So I was like, I'm I'm gonna try to cut through it. If I don't for some reason, like Callista will turn the last one off and he'll be out. And that was I that was like one of the twos that I rolled. That I like burned all my shit on, as fucking happens, right? When you like stack all your stuff. And, like, I think he was also like two rounds away from turning or like dying. It was very close. It was a near. It was a near thing. Um, because I think like Jack and I had given him some health potions. I think Anya dumped her whole like uh, lay on hands pool into him to try to delay it. Uh, 
And there was like, I love that little moment where I appreciate you gave me inspiration for it because I fucking needed it. Um, <laughs> when like she was singing like a little like an Elvin lullaby that her mom sang to her. Mm-hmm. As to just because he was frantic and freaking out and like didn't want obviously to turn into a monster. Well, I think it's also he started panicking because Jack is standing on top of him holding yeah. a sword. Yeah. Also that of like that is not super comforting when you've been hunted your whole life and then someone is like over you in Jack's defense. Jack, uh, there were vines around Valentine's throat that yeah. were choking him. And so Jack like jumped up, but Jack's fucking like you like six one or six two something and tried was trying to cut the vines from his throat, which he did successfully. But then when Valentine opened his eyes, there's just someone with a knife to a sort of big ass dragon board. Big ass dragon board, big ass sword uh-huh. pointed right at your throat. Yep. And just he's, you know, not up. He, the anxiety has mounted and like he's like oh is somebody these people are trying to fucking kill me and it's like this is a student and if the student hurts me then I'm gonna fucking absorb them yeah. and like it's a mess so I had Anya like do the little like sing, like, sing that lullaby I think it was one to calm him but then to also calm and ground herself yeah because she had to stay with the program and not immediately lose her shit um, but yeah, it was that perfect timing of when she lost it, Callista kind of went right after her. She freed Valentine and then he was able to get up and like everything can yeah. healing spell on himself and restabilize himself. And I was like, once I was like, once Valentine is in the combat, then, then it's cool. Then we're fine. Like we have a pretty clear solution. Like, yeah, even if a, a horde does come in or like everything else, like if the guy called in reinforcements and like everyone does, everyone else rushes in, like we have a fucking Eldritch horror, like fighting. We'll be, yeah, yeah. we'll be all right. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, ultimately I think the, that whole session was one, like my most ambitious undertaking. Um, and I think it was like, the best example for me of both planning a lot for that session, but also like knowing what sessions are good to plan for and also keeping communication with your players and helping, having them help you plan helps a ton. Yeah. So then it's, it's kind of like setting the right expectation. Everyone knows what they're kind of coming into. I like doing it in a way that is not railroady. It's like, Hey, we're going to cover a lot of stuff. So there has to be some structure, but I'm still going to give you the wiggle room to make your choices and have it. You mix and match. Improvise. Yeah. So yeah, one of my favorite things about the strict saving campaign and Trodane and like all of our characters and everything is that we've really co-created the world with you, Mm -hmm. which is pretty rare. I think because a lot of like when it's a whole, it's a full home world. So that, adds a nice element of customization and a lot of control. But I would definitely advise that to with DMs of like let your players develop their Dictate backstory some stuff. And like let them help you flush out the world and flush out NPCs and don't feel like you need to do everything yourself because if they have that buy-in, then they're as invested in the world as you exactly. Are. And like I think it's really good to have both if you are like a purely improvisational DM, all the power to you. If you're all about the planning, I think it's just about whether like understanding the players at your table, mm-hmm. what their specific needs are, if there's sessions that are better to improv, if there's sessions that are better to plan or do a marriage of the two. Because again, even as much planning as I did, there's still so much of it that came out of the improvisational aspect of it um, and things that I couldn't have planned for. But like, by God, did it look like I did? 
It really was. Absolutely. <laughs> Just because of how it yeah. played out, I was like, this is good. This is tying neat little bows around things that makes it look like I had that in mind there's the whole so, time. There's so much shit that you pull <laughs> off the cuff that, like, you've told me, you're like, I was it. I was like, on a whim. Or, like, you're like, I blacked out. I forgot I said that. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I figured, but it was so good. So good. And, like, and now we're using it. Yeah. So it's like, be... Yeah. Don't be afraid to lean into that. Yeah. Don't be afraid to yeah. plan, but also accept those moments of improvisation because I think some of the best things come off of the moments you didn't plan for. For sure. And I think like planning to get to like give yourself the freedom and like the mental organization and be able to relax into what you're doing so you can improv yeah. and like not planning to a point where it's like if it doesn't go to plan now you're devastated and you feel like you've wasted a lot of time, but just planning to that point where it helps you lean back and experience the session with your players. Exactly. And yeah, have that freedom to change things and improv it as you go. Yeah. Is the kind of sweet spot that we're all trying to hit. I agree. Well, I think that's, that's it for that, that it. but thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Table Talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions, bringing you a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at TabletalkRPG, or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.